You're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show is about helping you find your creative destiny. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Okay, so this episode is a first episode in a series that we're going to do about this idea of creative destiny, and I'm going to dive deep into exactly what I mean by that concept, and the reason we're doing this series, first and foremost, is that it is the central concept to everything we do on the podcast. It's central to the idea of creative pep talk. And in fact, right now, I feel like we're heading into a brand new season. We are, um, and not like a TV season, but just uh, metaphorically, we're heading into a new time for creative pep talk. Um, You know, just a few weeks ago, we tipped over into 1 million total listens, which is absolutely massive. And I just want to say thank you for listening and making that happen. It's amazing. Uh, I created new podcast artwork for the cover of this podcast, which again features the pencil sword, which is getting us back to the core of what this podcast has always been about. And the central idea is this idea of you reaching your full creative career potential, you reaching your creative destiny, so to speak. I envision this podcast, you know, like um, you listening to this on your phone with your headphones, that little phone becomes like uh, Yoda in your backpack and you are Luke Skywalker. And I always envision myself as like one part Yoda, one part Michael Scott, but either way, you're kind of, (laughs) for bad or for good, your uh, little weird uh, guide on this journey. And uh, you get to be the chosen one and you have this specific creative destiny, this idea of reaching your full creative career 
potential. And I want to explore that topic because I have really specific practical ideas about what that means. And I want to explore it over, you know, four to six episodes uh, because I think there's just so much here. And I think it will be the foundation for the next season in the podcast. And uh, so that's what we are doing. And this episode is going to kick things off. This episode is going to act as your creative career compass. I think one of the uh, toughest things is feeling lost, feeling like you're not sure where you're going and you're not sure how to know if you're on the right path or not. This idea, these, these rivaling ideas of should I fail fast and always be pivoting, always trying new things, or is it about should, you know, the dory just keep swimming, uh, grit, just grind down, just keep going, it'll all work out. How do you know when you should do one and how do you know when you should do the other? And it's this really, really tricky, difficult place that I'm sure we all find ourselves in from time to time of feeling really lost in our creative careers. And if you've ever felt like that, you know how debilitating it is. When you're really lost or you've really lost something, it can uh, truly feel hopeless because you don't know, should I keep going? Should I keep looking? If I keep working at it, Will I finally find it or is this thing just completely gone and I need to give up and start all over again? And I know what it's like to feel hopeless. I've been in this cycle over and over where I keep losing this thing and I instantly go straight back into that hopelessness and it's just this cycle that happens over and over and over again. And I'm talking about something you can probably relate to. It's called the Apple TV remote. Uh, (laughs) The Apple TV remote is so tiny that you lose it like three times a week. And when I lose the Apple TV remote, I will start searching everywhere. And I'm not sure. There's part of me that's like, I might never find this. And instead of sitting down and just throwing on a DVD and relaxing and enjoying my evening, I could spend the next three hours, my entire evening, my entire downtime searching for this stupid Apple remote and never finding it. What if it accidentally fell in the trash somehow and it's just totally gone and you just feel so desperate and so hopeless. And uh, so at some point, I, uh, I did some research online and I figured out the ultimate solution for never losing the Apple remote ever again. And basically, it's just duct taping. It doesn't look pretty, but it works. Duct taping the Apple remote to my bigger TV remote. And now I never lose the Apple TV remote. And so this episode is supposed to be the equivalent of taping your Apple TV remote to your bigger remote. This episode is supposed to act as an ongoing compass for the rest of your creative career that will help you stay on track, stay heading towards your true north of creative destiny and uh, helping you along the way. Because I know what it's like 
to be in a place where you feel lost, you've lost your clarity, you can't tell uh, the signs, are the signs telling me that I need to dig deeper and keep going on this path? Maybe it's a particular medium, maybe it's a platform, you know, maybe um, it's a style, maybe it's an industry, whatever it is, I know what it's like to be in a place where you're not sure whether you need to dig in and really go hard on this thing or whether you just need to give up and move on. And I know when you're really deeply in that, how confusing it can be and how it really stops all progress because when you feel lost in that place, you, you just do nothing. You just do what you're taught when you were a kid when you're lost, which is just stay put and don't do anything at all. And that is the opposite of progress. Now, I also know, having figured out some cool uh, key factors that will help guide you along the way, once I've started to discover what I mean by this true north, this creative destiny, when I finally defined that and I understood what the key factors that marked the way, the landmarks on the way uh, to getting there, how much clarity that gave me. And I've never been uh, I've never made so much progress in my career since that time. And I know how amazing that feels when you feel like every day you're really cutting away, you're really digging in and doing significant work that's making a difference. And when you feel that, it's just the best feeling in the world. And that's what I wanna get you to today. The first thing you've got to do to figure out whether you're going the right way is you have to know where you're trying to go. If you don't know where you're trying to go, it doesn't matter what the signs are uh, that you're going the right way because you're always going to be confused. You're always going to be second guessing yourself because you don't know what your ultimate goal is. And when you don't know that, you it doesn't matter which path you take because no matter where you end up, you're not sure if you're where you want to go. And so the first thing you have to do is define where you're trying to go. And if you listen to this podcast very long, you've probably heard me tell this story a bunch of times. Essentially, it's this idea that I went jogging, I went for a, a jog at, <laughs> when I was living in England. And uh, I usually, I would go for like a two or three mile jog. But on this occasion, I got carried away. I saw a giant tower in the horizon and I just felt like Whitney Houston. You know, that in, inside, I had this feeling of, I want to run to you. And so I did. And I, uh, I ran to this giant tower on the horizon. It may or may not have had an a epic flaming eye at the top of it. Uh, I can't remember. It just felt epic. Uh, it felt like it was a tower with a giant burning eye on top. And I ran to it. It was the longest I'd ever run. But it was this amazing picture that says when you have this giant, super clear point on the horizon that you're trying to work towards, you don't need a GPS, you don't need to know the exact perfect uh, answer for every question. All you gotta do is take the next right road that seems to be pointing that way 
And when that road starts to veer off, you just pivot to the next right road. It's not the shortest cut, but it is the most sure cut. And so with that clear point on the horizon, I slowly but surely was able to make my way to the tower. And on the way back, uh, I didn't have that clear point on the horizon and I got really lost. And so I strongly believe that it's important to have an idea of where you'd like to go. Uh, but I don't mean a specific, like I want to be a Caldecott winner or uh, I want to win an Oscar or whatever. I don't mean like the specific top level veneer of a goal, you know, like the, um, the specifics. I mean, at the heart of the matter, what does it look like to be in your full potential? And I have a definition of that and it's my definition of creative destiny. So anytime you hear me say that phrase, this is what I mean. I mean finding your gift and finding the audience that needs it. Finding the giant supply that's in you, that's radiating from your core nature, that's the work that you're on this planet to do, and then finding the people who need it. That's it. That's the entire definition. And if you can imagine what it's like, you know, a lot of all, all creatives at some point have no idea what it is they really are good at and have no, no audience that's interested. That's a really crappy place to be as a creative person. It's the thing that all of us are trying to avoid. But I truly believe the thing that all of us are trying to find is what am I really, really good at? What do I do that's truly rare, truly unique, and really useful and valuable to other people? And how can I find the audience that's really super enthusiastic, will pay for what I do, will spread the word about what I do, and get super pumped about what I do, that gift? I think that anybody that finds herself in that sweet spot between those two overlapping circles of gift and audience, that Venn diagram, if you find yourself in between those two things, you will have made it. And the more time you can spend on your journey in that place, the more fulfilled and uh, excited you'll be about your creative career. And I think that is the point on the horizon that all of us are looking for. And in this series, I want to go deep into how to actually get there. Um, before I jump into the signs that will tell you you're on the right way, um, that is our true north. And I think it's deeper than just something that I cooked up. I did just cook it up. It is a, an idea that I came up with independently, organically, um, something that occurred to me when I was on the phone with a friend a few years back and he said, what is it that you're actually looking for? This is the definition that I came up with. I want to find what I'm truly gifted at and I want to find who's really excited about that gift. Uh, but now since realizing that and doing a lot of work around this concept, I keep running into this concept everywhere I look, which to me tells me it's a deeper wisdom that there's some real meat to this equation. And uh, one of the places is Carl Jung, who's one of my all-time favorite historical figures. He was a psychologist. He, early in his career, he was uh, 
kind of a mentee of Freud in some ways, although they ended up massively disagreeing and not talking for years. Um, but that gives you a little context. And he, his work is what the Myers-Briggs test is based on. And he had all kinds of friggin' crazy ideas too. He's just a super interesting guy and had all this interesting philosophy at the intersection between um, psychology and religion and myth and all that stuff. And just super fascinating dude. His core philosophy of life was this idea of individuation. And it very closely resembles mine, my worldview and, and this idea of creative destiny. And he said that the first part of your journey is about becoming the true you, which is a lot like finding your gift, understanding who you really are, uh, becoming one, your, your, your unconscious mind and your conscious mind becoming whole, throwing off the persona finding who you truly, truly are. And then the second half of the journey is taking that wholeness, that who you are to whoever needs it. And so I see that pattern uh, in this uh, philosophy by Carl Jung. And then I see it very super eloquent. When I ran across this uh, quote, it just blew me away. And it's Picasso's quote. You've probably heard me say it before, and it's not going to be the last time you hear me say it. He said that the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. And so there it is again, that core idea of creative destiny. And that is the topic that we are going to spend a lot of time on. And here's why, because in that little quote, is something incredibly profound, is that you can't give away what you don't have. And the meaning of life is finding your gift. And so many of us think that we can find our gift in an afternoon, in a bit of navel gazing, staring in the mirror, you know, 30 minutes in, do a little career aptitude test, whatever it is. We think we should be able to find our gift and start giving it away in, a, in one day, when in fact, the entire journey is about uncovering and unearthing and doing both of those things. It takes a lifetime. It's what the entire body of work is about. And that's why we're going to dive super, super deep into this. That's our true north. Now let's talk about how we can calibrate our compass to get there. So if finding our gift and giving it away is the definition of our creative destiny, and that is our true north, uh, I want to deliver what I think is the compass that will help you get there. And actually, I think we all have a compass. I just think it's, it needs some recalibrating. I think we've flip-flopped north and south, and this is why we are so often lost. And I think we, we're looking for quality when we should be looking for quantity, and looking for quantity when we should be looking for quality, and I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. So the first part of Creative Destiny is about finding your gift, and I think when we try to figure out what our gift is, we think we should be looking for the quality of our work when really, I think, a better sign that we're on the right way and that we're digging into the right territory is quantity. And here's what I mean by that. 
So I believe that so many of us, when we start looking for what is our natural strength, our natural inclination, this special rare thing about our DNA and our experience and who we are at our core, when we start looking for what that thing is, we, start, we think that we should be looking for the quality of work. So the quality of our drawing, the quality of our public speaking, the quality of the songs that we write, the quality of whatever it is, like we naturally dip our toes into this pool and we're naturally like a fish in water. We're just amazing at this thing in a freakish way. And we think that's the sign that we should be looking for. But I think that that is the exact opposite of what you should be looking for. You don't start anything freakishly amazing, unless you're a weird prodigy with a really super strange brain that's like one out of a million people. I think a better sign to look for is quantity, meaning you can spend a crazy amount of time practicing this thing because of your passion and obsession with this thing, and this work, this stuff that you do, explodes from you like a fire hose. It's just something that when you turn it on, it just never stops. It's the work that you do that doesn't make you tired. It gives you energy. It's the place that you spend time in, an infinite amount of time. You lose track of time when you're doing it. And part of the reason I think this is, is when you have not necessarily a talent for something, but a tolerance for something, you are able to put in the 10,000 hours with ease more than anybody else. And when your work is play, it's the ultimate competitive advantage because when the other people are um, in the trenches working it out, you're just having a good time. And so you're not looking at the quality of work that you're making to be the indicator on whether this is a thing that you're gifted at. You're looking for the quantity of time that you can put into this, like do you just have infinite time to do this thing because you love it so much and the quantity of it exploding from you. For instance, like um, I actually think talking is my medium of choice. I do love drawing pictures and I have always had a large quantity of time to do that thing and I've made tons and tons of pictures over the years and so I have a quantity of those too. But in terms of talking, I'll tell you what, don't get me on the phone with another uh, talking artist, so to speak, a speaker, someone who uh, you know, loves the medium of talking. I was on a phone call with a friend a few weeks ago who's a public speaker. Hi, Kyle. And uh, we talk all the time. We've been kind of uh, helping each other with our creative work in a really deliberate way, and it's been fantastic. But we can talk, and man, I'm sure our wives just hate this relationship that we've uh, got going on because we get on the phone and we can go and go and go. We talked for three hours the other day just talking about stupid jokes, talking about creative ideas, but both of us love the medium of talking. When I go to a coffee date and I'm really into the zone, if I'm going meeting a friend for a coffee, I if we get into the talking zone, I can go for five hours, easy, and not want to give up. And talking is just this place 
where I just have this ridiculous quantity. Some people say that I have the gift of gab. Other people have said that I have the gift of never knowing when to shut up. But that's the thing that you're looking for. Uh, it's not always this thing that you just have this crazy talent and it's so obvious that that's the thing that you should be doing. Sometimes it's just a thing that you have so much patience for that you're willing to put in the time to be amazing. Or you have this ability to get completely lost in space time when you're doing that thing. That is the signpost that you're on the right way to finding your gift. Okay, so the second part of this recalibration to your compass is in terms of finding your audience, I want you to think quality, not quantity. I think all of us think that if we're on the right road to finding our audience, the quantity of feedback will be massive. This is a thing that has totally jacked up our compass. Uh, we think that if we start doing the work that we're meant to do, that basically it should go viral. We should have an explosive amount of people loving what we do, right? And the higher the number, the more certain that we're on the right track. But I think that this is massively, massively mistaken and that the quality of feedback is much more useful and important, especially early on when you're just trying to get stuff started. You're really super unlikely to have enough quantity or in the quantity that you do have, like it is very confusing, confusing data because for instance, it's like, let's say you're making these pictures and you're putting them on Facebook the one that gets the most likes isn't necessarily indicative of the type of work you should be making because those are people from high school and your family. They're probably not representative of who your core audience will actually be one day. And so that quantity of data might actually be throwing you off when what you should be looking for is that friend that has incredible taste, that loves the stuff that you love gives you a comment on that post that says, this is the best thing that you've ever made. And this principle has been true in my life and has guided me for years and years way into uh, a career um, and, and to, into paths that I needed to go down um, without any clear, viral, giant quantity of response. And, uh, you know, back in the day when I started that Nod project, when I was doing a daily drawing every weekday for a year, part of the reason I committed to doing that was I had done artwork in that kind of style, in that world of Nod, this weird kind of uh, Moomin slash Hayao Miyazaki slash uh, Charles Schultz slash... Uh, uh, I know there's another one too, Fraggle Rock. Like it's all that kind of vibes slash McDonald's characters. Uh, it's all those kind of vibes. When I was doing work in that world, the people that I really respected their opinion of were giving me the right type of feedback. Like this feels like you. This feels um, like something special. It feels like something that's going the right way. And that's why I was 
able to commit to doing a character every weekday for a year, even when for the first 150 characters, there was no explosive quantity moment. But as I went slowly, but surely I had the best feedback, the, the best quality feedback that I'd ever had. I had people writing me in, in an email or friends telling me saying, when I read these every day, they make me feel something. And, and delivering a feeling through your work is delivering real true value. And uh, I was getting feedback like, this is the best stuff you've ever done. This is my favorite stuff that you've ever done from the right sorts of people. It wasn't until like 150 days in that Tumblr Radar featured it and it ended up getting like, you know, a decent amount of like some traction in terms of quantity, but I only knew to keep going that way because the quality of the feedback. And then even when we did our Kickstarter, it was the same. At the time, Kickstarter was young and a few of my peers, friends had these massive explosive Kickstarter campaigns where um, they asked for like $75 and got like $175,000. And, uh, and I really desperately wanted that kind of feedback that like, you're on the right path, Andy, just keep going. I wanted something like that. Uh, but I ended up getting quality feedback. So we barely hit our campaign mark. It was a little over $4,000 to screen print each one of these characters, um, which you can buy on my sh web shop at Andy J Pizza. Andy J Pizza. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, but seriously, so we... Um, we got, we barely made this Kickstarter campaign. We barely got funded, um, just enough to make it happen. And so no serious giant moments that said, uh, you know, the clouds opened and you, uh, crushed your campaign You ended up becoming, you know, a Kickstarter that goes on CNN and talks about how this thing just exceeded your expectations. It just blew your mind. And now you're a millionaire, nothing like that. But I'll tell you what I did have that was a quality signpost that said I'm headed the right way. Keep making stuff, man. Keep exploring this territory. Um, and all of this territory ends up defining my work today uh, and, and the work I did for Nickelodeon and all the, all the stuff that I've done as an illustrator um, started in this path. And I got this quality bit of feedback because my biggest Kickstarter backer was the David Cross, Tobias from Arrested Development. I'm a massive fan of David Cross. And although uh, I maybe wasn't as good of a steward of his email address as I should have been, uh, it was a massive, massive blessing for me. It was amazing. It was a great signpost moment that this dude who has incredible taste, that is this awesome guy that's, uh, you know, has a role in your second favorite movie of all time, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, this guy owns a hundred of your prints now and believes in your work. And at that tier, that level of uh, backing, I got to make a character inspired by him. So I, there's a uh, there's a nod character in the daily drawing project that's a never nude. So if you go find the uh, the character that has orange jean shorts on, that's inspired by David Cross. And it wasn't a $150,000 uh, obvious sign, but it was enough to say, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing, keep going down this road. And uh, just to wrap this segment up, I just wanna give you another example. The same is true for the Creative Pep Talk uh, podcast. You know, it started with 
someone close to me quietly just saying, a, a mentor, after a really small local talk, um, the next week he took me out to coffee and just said, hey, I just want you to know that what you did last week, there was something special about it. It was raw, it was unrefined, like you still got a long way to work, but there's something special about what you did and it meant something to me and it meant something to the audience. And it was that little coffee date, that little bit of really quality uh, feedback that said, not that, not this feedback that's this wide gambit of, of course this thing's amazing, but someone stopping and saying, there's a depth to what you did. It meant something to me on a deep level. And that was a signpost that helped lead me to starting this podcast. About four months later, I started the podcast. And then for a year, we only got uh, like 500 listeners, which in the podcasting world is nothing. It's a joke in the podcasting world to say that you've got 500 listeners and you've been doing this thing for a, a year. I've been making episodes once a week for a year. And the reason I kept going was because the quality of the feedback I was getting was unlike anything I'd ever had. And it was indicative that there were bigger things to come if I kept at it. Because I was getting people writing to me saying things they'd never said to me in my entire life, saying, you're changing my life. Uh, I stayed in design school because of the podcast. You helped me with your ideas. I was able to get a publishing deal. And these were things that were the biggest, dramatic, deep quality feedback that I'd ever had in anything that I'd ever created. And so I knew that I was on the right road even before I had an explosive quantity moment. So I hope that this episode can act as a new compass. I hope it can recalibrate your compass so that if you're in this place, uh, you know, like me, when I was running back from the tower and I had no clear compass, no true north, and I didn't know, I couldn't see my house on the horizon, uh, I really needed to give up. I needed to pivot, so to speak. I needed to fail fast. I was on the wrong path, but I kept walking. And the further you go, if you use grit in a situation like that, if you just use patience and persistence in that situation, you actually get yourself further and further away from your destiny. Tony Robbins always says that if you run west, looking for the sunrise, it doesn't matter how hard you work at it. In fact, the harder you work at it, the further you are away from your goal. And maybe today you need to run the paths you're on, the styles you're working in, the songs you're writing, the band you're in, the, you know, the movie you've been working on, whatever it is. Maybe you need to run it through this matrix and maybe like me on my way home, face the sunk costs, face the humility, wave down a car and, call, and, and reach out to the universe. In this case, it was a leap of faith on a phone call trying to reach my dad. Maybe you need to give up and be like, dad, I blew it. I'm going the wrong way. I need to give up and I need to recalibrate. Um, and uh, my experience is that the universe is a graceful 
being not unlike my mustachioed father. And when you give up, when you're supposed to give up, all of that time you wasted on the wrong path, there's this grace and this redemption that somehow once you're on the right path, it gets used and it gives you wisdom and it gives you lessons and it gives you a perspective and it gives you tools that you would have never had if you had always been on the right path. So I just want to encourage you with that. You're never too far gone. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much you've invested in the wrong path. It's always the right decision in that moment to give up and start heading the right way and nothing will be lost. I really believe that. And uh, maybe though you're on the other side of the coin and you need to keep going, but you've given up. And maybe you're in a place where you haven't had some giant viral moment. You haven't had some explosive audience say, we love what you're doing, millions of peoples, millions of views. Maybe you didn't have that moment, right? Um, and so you got discouraged. You know, you're me in the first year of the podcast. Um, and even now, we're, we're still a humble podcast. We're definitely in the game, but we're still just a small niche podcast that's still got a lot of room for growth. Um, but especially that first year, maybe you're that in that place where you're getting discouraged because you haven't had that explosive growth, but you need to go pinpoint the quality bits of feedback that you've been given and dig in even further. Or maybe you, you're not making the ki- type of quality work that you want to be making, but you just know that you love making this work. You get lost in it. You can really dive in for days and days and you need to listen to that quantity that you're able to give and let that act as a signpost that you're onto something in your gift, even if the quality isn't there yet. And I'll tell you why. And here's why I do this podcast. Because early on, when all you've got is a few little signs about the fact that you're going the right way, it's so hard to keep going. It's so hard to make these decisions when you feel lost. But when I look back to Andy at 22, who was just struggling so bad, struggling paying bills, struggling as a new dad, we had kids really young, just fresh out of college with a, uh, you know, and living in a place where there weren't opportunities for me. Um, And I was just so struggling. And all I had was this natural inclination to do this creative work, this quantity. And all I had was a little bit of quality feedback from some mentors along the way. And I'm so glad that I didn't give up. And I'm so, and I so wish I could go back in the past and say, dude, these signposts may seem really small, but they are worth listening to. Keep at it. Listen to these signs and keep moving because by the time you're in this place where you've really started to dig into your gift, the thing that you have this natural fire hose exploding, radiating from your very essence, when you tap into that and when you tap into 
an audience that respects and loves and is desperate for that thing that you've got, that sweet spot is just the most joyous, um, joyous, amazing place to be in life. And uh, it is worth spending a lifetime trying to uncover. Doesn't that sound amazing? Don't you want to do that? Um, I think that's all what we all want as creative people. And so I'm thrilled and excited and ecstatic to bring this series on creative destiny, this epic creative hero's journey. Pick up your pencil sword, pick up your pencil wand, pick up your pencil lightsaber, pick up your pencil or, or I think you say, <laughs> if you're Moana, Whatever, whichever hero's journey you need to reference to get excited about this, because it's a battle. It's a big journey. And for the last thing I want to say on this episode is this, that I get silly on this podcast. I like to think in hyperbole. I like to think in exaggerated terms and think that while I'm sat there drawing smiley face apples at my desk, that I'm somehow the creative chosen one restoring the balance of the universe. Uh in my small, tiny way, but I want to encourage you that it's the fact that it's small that makes it epic. The fact, don't believe the lie. Don't shy away from this idea of creative destiny because you're just a small little speck in the universe, a little blip through the sands of time just to mix five metaphors. <laughs> uh, you're just this tiny, you only are going to exist for this tiny amount of time. Don't allow that to give you this fake humility that says, well, it doesn't matter. Because if we know one thing for sure is that the more rare something is, the more rare the gym, the more it's worth. And the fact that you're only here for a short period of time means that this couldn't possibly be more epic. We think movies are epic. Lord of the Rings are epic. Narnia, these giant stories that were told through books and TV and movies. But what could be more epic than actual life? And you only have one and you need to either Stop what you're doing and get started on the real stuff now before it's too late or dig in and give it everything that you've got. And uh, that's what this whole epic series is about. And I'm not shying away from the fact that I think it's epic and that I believe in, I care about your actual life and the work that you were put on this planet to do. And so let's do it. Let's not shy away from it. And uh, I can't wait to bring you some more on this topic of creative destiny. Let's go. All right. So this has been an epic episode that I've been working super hard on. And uh, it's uh, great to finally get it out there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to Yoni Wolf in the band Y for the theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band Metavari for all the other tunes. You can find their music at soundcloud.com slash Also, big shout out to my man Alex Sugg 
Go to alexsug.com. You can see his website. He is producing the podcast and he's doing a phenomenal job. Thanks, Alex, for uh, making this happen. I'm super excited about it. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this is encouraging and motivating. I can't wait to give you all of the pieces to this series on Creative Destiny. Let's do this thing, man. All right, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. Mm